All right, so just one more time, since you know we're all together, there's people watching online, we got all of our different campuses watching right now. So just one more time in classic, like rowdy Flatirons fashion, can you please give it up for anyone who came down here and got baptized last weekend? <laughs> yep. Yeah, whoever, who just made that beautiful noise out there? That was amazing. <laughs> I don't know if you guys heard that. Um, hey, so uh, if that's you, you came up and got dunked last weekend. Hey, like we are honored and excited and happy to call you a part of our family genuinely. Uh, we had just, just a handful, I think it was six or seven short of 500 people getting baptized here last weekend. Yeah. It was unreal. Yeah, yeah. And I love it, like it floors me every single time. Uh, I was actually sick last weekend, my whole family was sick, and so I stayed home. I watched it live, watched it online, which I you know, almost never do, because I'm always here. Um, but even sitting and watching on my computer, I kept getting choke up, choked up. Uh, it, it's because baptism weekend here is hands down like my favorite weekend here every single time that we do it. The reason for that is, is that image of like parents and their kids getting baptized together or, or friends baptizing like lifelong friends or people getting dunked in their Sunday's best because God just like came out of nowhere, surprised them that day. I mean, that's what we're all about here at Flatirons. Like that is why we do everything that we do every single weekend here. If you're going, what do you mean by that? Like, what do you mean that's what you're all about? What do you mean that's why you do what you do? I'll explain that because that's actually what we're gonna talk about today. We're gonna talk about that to kind of wrap up this Building block series. Today we're gonna talk about, kind of like that song we just listened to, the light that we're stepping into, the light in, at the end of the tunnel, what we have to look forward to. Uh, so to catch you up to speed in case you missed a few or in case you're new, if you are, welcome. Uh, over the last few weeks, we've been talking about like the essential building blocks, kind of the foundational things that we need to know in order to enjoy this with God kind of life that we talk about all the time. So we, we answered foundational questions, all right? We talked about, you know, who is Jesus and what did he do for us? And, and how do we respond to what Jesus has done for us? And, and what can we expect out of a life with Jesus? These are the foundational things we gotta understand to start following Jesus. But the truth is this. The truth is that the point of building a foundation is to build on top of it, right? Whether you got dunked for the first time last weekend or, or decades ago, we'd all agree with that. Like We don't wanna stay in the foundational stage. We want Jesus to build something great in our lives. But how does that happen? How do we begin building something great on this foundation that Jesus has given us? That's what I wanna talk about today because I believe that one of the keys to building something great in our lives is something that we talk about very rarely around here. I believe that one of the keys to building something great in our lives is this. We need to know what the finished project looks like. You gotta know what the finished project looks like if you wanna build towards it. That's true with anything in life that you might wanna build. Right, let's say as, example, as an example, you wanna build a house, all right? I'm not handy that way. Let's say you are. You wanna build a house, you wanna go build a cabin in the woods or whatever. Of course, the first step is important. You gotta get the foundation set, right? It's gotta be uh, sturdy, it's, it's gotta be a strong foundation. But if you wanna keep building a house, you have to know what the finished project looks like. You gotta have this vision. You gotta have this picture in your head of where all the rooms go, where does the front door go, where does the staircase go. You gotta know what the finished project looks like. Like that way, if you're building and you start installing a toilet in the middle of what is supposed to be a kitchen, you can stop and be like, well, this isn't right. And then you can fix it, right? Unless you're the kind of person who wants a toilet in the kitchen. <laughs> um, 
which I, part of me thinks is weird and then part of me thinks is like would be convenient because I eat a lot of spicy food, but <clears throat> anyway. <laughs> it's gross, sorry. Uh, <laughs> if you don't know what the finished project looks like, you're gonna build something random, right? You're gonna have all these rooms in all the wrong places. Or maybe this one will connect with you. Here in a few months, it's time for New Year's resolution. It'll be that season, right? Let's say you commit to working out again. You commit to going to the gym. If you do, you gotta know what the finished project looks like. You gotta know what your goal is. You gotta know what you're aiming at. You gotta be able to say out loud, like I'm aiming to lose 15 pounds or I'm aiming to gain 15 pounds of muscle, right? If you're anything like me, it's like I'm aiming to continue avoiding the gym until the doctor tells me I have to go or I'll die. <laughs> That's been my commitment for years now. If, if you don't know what your goal is, if you don't know what you're working towards, you'll lose the determination to go to the gym. You just don't have a clear picture of what it is you're aiming for. If we wanna build something in our lives or if we want to grow something in our lives, we gotta know what the finished project looks like. We gotta know exactly what it is we're looking forward to. And that's no different when it comes to a life with Jesus. And so today, to close out this Building Block series, I wanna talk about our future, all right? This is the future that Jesus says you and I can expect. It's the future that Jesus says you and I can count on. Today, I wanna answer the question that goes like this. When it comes to a life with Jesus, what will the finished project look like? What are we building our lives toward? What do you and I have to look forward to? And for anyone in the room who's put their faith in Jesus, all right, doesn't mean you need to have him like completely understood, you gotta understand everything, just means you gotta believe in who he is and believe that he'll keep his promises. If you follow Jesus, then the finished project for you and I, what we have to look forward to is amazing. And I wanna walk us through it right now. To do that, we gotta go jump to a book called Revelation. Revelation is the very last book of the Bible. Honestly, it's a book of the Bible that people tend to avoid a lot of the times because the language at face value is strange and it's unclear and it's confusing and mysterious. Usually leaves you thinking about like Nicolas Cage and Kirk Cameron and Left Behind movies and stuff like that. It's not a good picture. Um, but when you start to understand Revelation, you start to understand it's this really beautiful book that God gave us. Revelation is written by a guy named John. All right, John was one of Jesus' best friends, one of, one of Jesus' 12 disciples. John actually wrote one of the four biographies of Jesus' life that we read in the Bible. And when John wrote Revelation, he's writing to a group of Christians who are being murdered by the Roman Empire for their faith. And so John's writing to them, and he's trying to encourage them to stay strong and to keep following Jesus, even though they're being persecuted. But what's interesting is that in Revelation, to encourage those people, John tells them to put all of their confidence and all of their trust, not in what Jesus has done for them, and not in what Jesus is doing for them, but in what Jesus will do for them in the future. He tells them to put all of their hope and confidence and trust in the finished project that they're building their lives towards. And so what John does is he writes about this vision that he was given. It's like this dreamlike picture of what it's gonna look like when Jesus comes back to this planet for good to set everything straight. So just to be real clear with you, the book of Revelation is not a code book. It's not some enigma, some riddle we're trying to solve to figure out the last date at the end of the planet or something like that. Instead, it's a vision of the finished project that you and I have to look forward to. In Revelation, John is basically saying, he's going, okay, listen, Jesus people, right? Yes, even you in Colorado in 2019, this is what we have to look forward to. Don't lose sight of it. Put all of your hope and your trust in it. This is what the finished project looks like. This is what we're building our lives toward. So I wanna walk us through just five verses 
out of Revelation chapter 21. It's this picture of what it's gonna look like when Jesus comes back for good and forever. Right? And as I'm walking through these, there might be some of us in the room who are going like, what's the point of this? Why are we talking about this? I promise I'll get to the point. I'm very excited about the point. What I'm asking for before that is can you give me six minutes and about 42 seconds, I timed it, <laughs> just to walk us through the vision of what the future looks like for you and me. I'm gonna read through all five of these verses in one chunk. It'll be confusing. Don't worry, we'll go back and unpack it verse by verse. But here is like the kind of big picture of the finished project that you and I have to look, for, look forward to. This is John in Revelation, and he's writing about his vision. He says this. He goes, then I saw a new heaven and I saw a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away and, and there was no longer any sea. And I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride, beautifully dressed for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, from now on, now the dwelling of God is with men and he'll live with them like physically. They will be his people and God himself will be with them and he'll be their God. And he, God, will wipe every tear from their faces. There's gonna be no more death or mourning or crying or pain for the old order of things has passed away. And he who was seated on the throne said, I am making everything new. It's the big picture of what you and I have to look forward to when the project is finished. And I'll walk through it verse by verse and kind of unpack it for us in a second. But, but basically, in, in general, in summary, the whole thing can be summed up by what God says while he's sitting on the throne in that last verse we read when he says, I'm making everything new. Or in other words, I'm making everything perfect. The finished project that you and I have to look forward to is perfection. He's going to make everything new, and you and I can count on that. What specifically is he gonna make new? What is God going to make perfect? Well, he said everything. And if we go through those verses, verse by verse, that's what we see. We see God making everything and anything new and perfect. And so let's do that real quick. Let's breeze through those verses again. In the first one, you see that God says when the project is finished, you and I can count on living in a perfect creation. That's what Revelation is getting at when it says, then I saw a new heaven and I saw a new earth for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away and there was no longer any sea. God says that when the project is finished, you and I can count on living in a perfect creation. Earth will be made new, earth will be made perfect. Except for that whole bit about there not being any sea anymore, I don't know what that's about. I didn't study it enough. Uh, I'm choosing to assume there will still be beaches in heaven because beaches are dope, and I feel like, <laughs> I feel like God knows that. So um, anyway, God says that you and I can count on, in the finished project, living in perfect creation. And as we're about to see, as we walk verse by verse through this, everything that God says he's making new and everything that God says he will make perfect is something that we're dying for in the first place. It's the desires of our heart in the first place. Now you take this verse, for example, wouldn't it be perfect to live on a perfect planet? You know, one with no more droughts and no more starvation and no more species dying off and no hurricanes or tornadoes or tsunamis or wildfires like California's going through right now. No more Starbucks straws killing turtles or whatever that's about. Um, God says we can count on that in the finished project. He says you can count on living in a perfect creation. On top of that, God says that when the project is finished, you and I can count on a perfect spiritual life. That's what Revelation is getting at when it says, I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride, beautifully dressed for her husband. 
It's weird language, but, but without getting into the weeds on it, this bride city stuff is Bible metaphor language for us. It's for God's people, for you and me. The picture that John is painting of the finished project is one where everyone who believes in Jesus comes back to this planet to live in perfect creation. And we're prepared beautifully as a bride. In other words, we are perfectly, like spiritually spotless. What he's getting at is that you and I can count on in the finished project, no more spiritual moral battle every single day of our lives. You know, no more battle between what you wanna do and what you don't wanna do. No more baggage, no more hiding in shame, no more guilt, no more sin. That's what we're dying for anyway, right? It's the desire of our heart. Doesn't it sound perfect to have a perfect spiritual life? You know, no more of those moments where I feel like I have these every single day, those moments where it's like, you know, in this situation, I'm gonna do the right thing. And then there's this voice in your brain that's like, or you could do this dumb thing over here. And I'm like, okay. And then I blow my life up, right? Don't we wanna be free from that? God says you can count on it when the project is finished. You can count on a perfect spiritual life. On top of that, when the project is finished, God says you can count on a perfect relationship with him. That's what John is getting at when he says, I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, from now on the dwelling of God is with men and he'll live with them physically. They will be his people and God himself will be with them and he'll be their God. And whether you understand it yet or not, that's the root of the human condition. That is what we're dying for. That is the desire of our heart to have a perfect relationship with God. I mean, just to be clear right now, like if you got dunked last weekend, you got dunked decades ago, if you believe in Jesus, all right, God is with us, like in spirit. His spirit lives with us and, and in us, but we're not physically walking and talking and eating dinner with him, right? Right now we live by this thing called faith. We don't live by sight. But Revelation paints a picture of the finished project where you and I have a perfect relationship with God. Like we'll walk with him, we'll talk with him. I'm hoping to do all the things that you would do in a perfect relationship with him. Like I will watch the Cleveland Indians with him and eat hot wings and we'll play Scrabble. That's the perfect relationship for me, right? We'll, uh, we'll have that one day. That's what we're dying for and God says you can count on it. When the project is finished, you can count on a perfect relationship with him. Last one for today. He says that when the project is finished, you and I can count on a perfect physical life. That's what Revelation is getting at when it says he, God, will wipe every tear from their eyes and there's gonna be no more death and no more mourning and no more crying and no more pain because that old order of things will have passed away. Again, that's what we're dying for. It's the desire of our heart to have a perfect physical life, a life for the old order of things, the old way of life where there is plenty of stuff to mourn and cry and feel pain over. That way of life will be dead. No more death, no more sickness, no more disease, no more lab results, no more medications, and no more chemo. Instead, God himself will personally approach you himself and he'll wipe every tear from your face. Why? Because there's nothing but perfection to look forward to from this point on. It's what we're dying for and God says we can count on it. In the finished project, we can look forward to a perfect physical life. Now, before I jump into how this stuff plays out in day-to-day -day life, in real life, like what are we supposed to do with this information, let me sum it up first, All right? To go back to the question that we started with, which is this, when it comes to a life with Jesus, what will the finished project look like? What do we have to look forward to? What will Jesus do for us in the future? The answer to that question, according to God himself in Revelation, is this. The finished project will look like an eternity spent 
on a perfect creation, with a perfect spiritual life, in a perfect relationship with God, while enjoying a perfect physical life. In other words, he will make everything new. He's gonna make everything perfect. Now, why would I spend the last week of our Building Block series talking about that? Right, for my fellow skeptics in the room, I'm a skeptic, so I get you. You know, in your brain, you might be going, well, so what does this finished project stuff have to do with like, my real life in the here and now on the day-to-day? Like, isn't it kind of a waste of time to talk about the future? Isn't that just kind of wishful thinking? The answer is no. And here's why it's not a waste of our time, and here's why it's not wishful thinking. It's because God says that keeping a constant eye on our future a constant eye on the finished project is supposed to be one of our main sources from which we draw all of our confidence and all of our hope and all of our trust. In fact, the Bible says it like this. It says, to place your confidence in the fact that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus, aka the moment we just read about in Revelation. God says, put your confidence and hope and trust in the fact that God will keep working in you and with you until that moment we just read about in Revelation. He says, put your confidence in that, not your wishful thinking. He says we're supposed to have our sights aimed at the finished project every single day of our lives. Why? Because you gotta know what the finished project looks like if you're gonna build towards it. Let me explain how this plays out, like how we can apply this every single day. There's kind of two main ways we can apply it. The first one has to do with us personally and individually, and the second one I'm excited about because it has to do with us as a church family, like as this massive Flatirons family. But it means this. It means when you screw up at home today, right? You wanted to do the right thing, but you did the wrong thing instead, right? You fall into old habits. You fall into old shame. If you have your eyes locked in at the finished project, that means you don't need to beat yourself up anymore, Right? Pick yourself up and keep moving. When you screw up, you don't have to go back to the starting line. You don't have to go get rebaptized or whatever. Instead, just right your wrongs, rethink your life, adjust the way you're living, and keep moving. You don't need to stay stuck in the cycle of guilt and shame. Why? Because Jesus says you can count on a perfect spiritual life. He says it's right around the corner. Put your hope in that. Put your trust in that. It means when the test results come back and they're bad news, So naturally, you begin to mourn the pain that you're in. You mourn the very few months, weeks, or days that you have left. In the midst of that, keep clinging to, keep white-knuckling the fact that you are on your way towards the finished project. Jesus says you can count on a perfect physical life. It's right around the corner. Put your hope in that. Put your confidence in that. Or in those moments where God feels distant and he feels cold, right? Trust me, I know that feeling all too well. Those moments when you tell yourself like maybe God doesn't love me and he's not caring and he's not involved, in the midst of that, keep clinging to, keep white knuckling the fact that you are on your way towards the finished project. Jesus says we can count on a perfect relationship with him right around the corner. Put your hope in that, put your trust in that. You and I, we are on our way towards the finished project. God says don't lose sight of that. Especially when when life is hard and defeating and exhausting, that should be the truth that we force to the front of our minds and to the front of our hearts and that we draw confidence from. You and I, we are on our way towards the finished project. Jesus says we can count on it. That's one of the ways that this kind of applies personally, individually. It's a whole new lens through which you can view your life. Second one though is this. The other reason this finished project stuff is important is this. If I've put you to sleep so far, you're welcome. Also, wake up. 
because <laughs> this is the one I'm pumped about, all right? So here's, here's why this stuff is important. Understanding the reality of the finished project, and understanding that it puts our priorities as a church family, as this massive Flatirons family, it puts our priorities back into the right order. And that's what I wanna talk about to end this thing because I'm excited about it. I wanna take a moment to remind us of who we are as a church, as a massive Flatirons family. See, because this finished project stuff, this future that Jesus says we can count on and it's right around the corner, it is the reason that we celebrate something like baptisms last week, for example. Because baptisms mean that we, you and I, get to have more people standing by our sides when the finished project becomes a reality. I mean, it means that we'll have more of our friends and our family there when God walks up to us individually and he personally wipes every single tear from your face. See, when a person gets baptized, that's like, it's like raising your hand and saying to the world, the finished project is on its way and I'll see you there. Last weekend, baptism weekend is worth celebrating because we really do believe God is making all things new and we really do believe that Jesus wants everyone to be a part of the finished project and so we do too as a Flatirons family. You can go down the list of every single thing that we do here at a church on the week or on the weekend, and it's all because of the finished project stuff. You know, for example, the finished project is why being a part of something like God Behind Bars and Lyman is so important to us as a church. If you give me a minute just to speak to the men at our Lyman campus for a minute, like to the men in, in Lyman right now, listen, this finished project stuff is the reason why we wanna call you our brothers. I mean, it is the reason why we wanna serve you to the best of our ability. We wanna serve you because we believe that regardless of what you've done in this life, we believe that God is your ultimate judge. And we believe that because of Jesus, your ultimate judge has declared you innocent. Like we believe there is a time coming when there will be no more confinement and no more time served and no more cell block. It'll just be freedom and innocence forever for you and for me. We believe that God is making all things new and we believe that the finished project is on its way and Jesus wants you to be a part of it. And so we do too, as your Flatirons family, to the men in Lyman, uh, us as a family, we're honored to call you our brothers for that reason. Now, keep going. Like the, the finished project, this is why we, we partner up with uh, ministries all over the planet. Right, the finished project is why people sitting in these seats raise their hand and they volunteer to jump on planes and fly to places like Afghanistan or South Sudan or Uganda or Mexico, you name it. It's because we believe that Jesus doesn't segregate people based on skin color or language or culture or nationality. And we believe that there's a time coming when all of these divisions that we've drawn up to categorize people by race and nationality, those will all disappear. That old way of doing things is gonna pass away because Jesus is making all things new. And we believe that Jesus wants everyone to be a part of the finished project, regardless of where you live on this planet. And so we do too, as a Flatirons family. The finished project, this is why we plant campuses, all right? You know, uh, well, why do you really plant them, right? Don't you really want to just build this mega church orange Flatiron sticker empire or something like that? No, never. All right, I'm sure that's what it looks like from the outside looking in. Here you are on the inside, and so let me tell you, you won't find anyone more skeptical of megachurches than me. 
All right, it's actually hilarious and very ironic that God would have me lead at one. And so I'm telling you from the inside, planting campuses is important to us because we really do believe Jesus is making all things new. We really do believe that he wants everyone to be a part of the finished project. And we believe that includes Longmont and Aurora and Lafayette and Genesee and Denver and all of Colorado. He wants you to be a part of the finished project. And so we do too as a Flatirons family. Understanding this finished project thing, it's important. And it's important because this is the reason we do everything that we do here at Flatirons. So listen, here's what we're gonna do, right? In a minute, we're gonna pray. But before we do that, all right, before we just rush on from baptism weekend and the Building Block series, then we jump into our next series, all right? The next series is gonna be great, super practical, super applicable, all about relationship, all right? We'll talk about friendships and dating and marriage and parenting and all that stuff. It's gonna be great, but before we just move on to the next thing, let's take a moment to pause and let's remind ourselves of who we are as a church, all right? Because at Flatirons, our goal as a church is to allow Jesus to kick open the, the front doors to heaven as widely as possible for anyone who wants to walk through them. It's as simple as that. All right, our goal is to invite as many people as possible into the finished project because we believe the finished project is on its way. And I don't know about you. I wanna spend every dime and every minute and every ounce of my being making sure that your friends and your family are there with us. And so if you've been coming to Flatirons for a long time, and maybe this will sound familiar, but if you got dunked last week, not sure what you got yourself into, or maybe you're new, or maybe you forgot, here's what Flatirons is all about, okay? Let me set up some healthy expectations for us, all right? If you want the Christian lingo, insider Christian language, quote unquote, deep study of Hebrew, Greek, and Aramaic, if you want word for word exegesis of scripture, book by book, where we talk about big concepts and use big theological words, if that's you, there's nothing wrong with that. I personally love that stuff. You should go see the bookshelf in my office. It's got just big, thick books that most people would think would be torturous to read, and I like it, all right? So if that's you, that's fine, but it's not typically what we do here on a weekend. And don't get me wrong, if that's you, we still want you here, right? You're still welcome here. But if that's like a deal breaker or something for you, that's okay. And I know for a fact, there are other great churches here in the Denver area where you can go and get that. There's no hurt feelings here, right? But if you want the church with the wide open front doors where anyone and everyone is welcome, where you can belong here even before you believe in any of this stuff, if you want the place where you can bring any friend, you can bring any family member and you can know that they'll hear about Jesus without being judged by me or judged by our people. No, we won't judge you even if you're right wing or you're left wing or you're black or you're white or you're straight or gay or trans or rich or poor or scholar or skeptic. If you want the place to be that person or bring that person in order to hear about Jesus without a heap of judgment from me or from our people, you are in the right place. And if you think if you're sitting in the room right now and you think like I'm talking out my you know what <laughs> and I don't, I don't really believe what I'm saying, we don't really live up to that too good to be true, the fact that everyone just claps right now is proof that we mean it. Listen, this is the place for you. That is what Flatirons is all about. Why are we all about that? Because we genuinely believe that Jesus wants everyone to be a part of the finished project and so we do too. So listen, I'm gonna end this thing with this. Now, I wanna share two more verses from Revelation. 
right? These are the, it's a picture of who's gonna be standing by our side uh, when the finished project becomes a reality. I wanna share them with you. This is John writing about his vision, and he says this. He goes, I looked, and there before me was a great multitude no one could count. That's us. This great multitude from every nation and every tribe and every people and every language, and they're standing before the throne of God and in front of the Lamb. That's Jesus. And they're wearing white robes and they're holding branches and they cry out in a loud voice together in unison and they say, salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. And one of my most consistent prayers is that when you and I get to experience that moment, which we can count on, my prayer is that there are thousands upon thousands of us there and we're wearing our Flatirons Me Too t-shirts hidden under our white robes, right? <laughs> it's our friends, it's our neighbors, it's our coworkers, it's our beloved family who were convinced they were too far gone until they walked in these doors some random weekend and they encountered the very real and very powerful grace that our God offers his people. It's my most consistent prayer. And for that reason, until the day that Flatirons, God forbid, closes his doors or something like that, our message won't change and our message will always stay the same, which is this, Jesus wants you. Jesus wants you, I promise even you, to be a part of the finished project, and so we do too. That means regardless of where you're at on your faith journey, regardless of where you're at in your stage of life, you are welcome here. You sit in the back and not say a single word to anyone for as long as you want, right? You sit in the front and volunteer every single weekend as long as you know you can be as uninvolved or involved as you want, but you can sit in here and you can figure this Jesus stuff out without me judging you or without any of these people judging you. You're welcome here. For the next week, let's spend some time pulling all of our confidence and our hope and our trust out of the fact that the finished project is real, it's on its way, it's perfection, and you and I can count on it. And if you're one of those people who think it's too good to be true, you're welcome here. Pray with me. <clears throat> God, I am thankful right now. I'm thankful for who you are. I'm thankful for your grace. I'm thankful for your mercy and your forgiveness. God, I'm thankful for your son, Jesus Christ, who makes this possible for us. God, right now, we all come from different walks of life. God, we walk in here with different baggage. Life is hard for all of us. And God, you tell us in the midst of a really hard life, put your hope and your trust and your confidence in the fact that the finished project is right around the corner and we can count on it. God, teach us to do that. Retrain our hearts and our minds to see our lives through that lens. But God, mostly right now, I'm just thankful for this church, God. I'm thankful for all of the people sitting in all these rooms at all the different campuses or watching online, God. I'm thankful for this church that you've gifted the city and the state of Colorado, God. Thank you for letting us be a part of this, God. And I pray that for as long as there are orange flat iron stickers on cars in Colorado, I pray that those stickers always represent your overwhelming grace and your overwhelming mercy and your overwhelming forgiveness. God, I love you. I thank you for this church. I thank you for your son, Jesus Christ, who makes all of this possible. And it's in his holy name that we pray right now. Amen.